Um, I didn't get the chance to freaking watch it. Oh, you haven't watched it? Wow. No, not yet. No. Yeah, no, I reviewed it yesterday. I think it came out yesterday. Um, yeah, it was pretty interesting. I mean, they, uh, they definitely covered some of the stuff that, um, I think a lot of people were pointing out. I mean, they were like, yeah, and then they become the birds of prey eventually or something like that. Like it was, uh, <laughs> it was interesting, but, um, they made fun of a lot of the, the random stuff in there. Um, course a lot of jerry little jokes and stuff like that but i mean it was okay it wasn't the best honest trailer but i mean it was uh you know they do like they do what they normally do they call out a lot of the stuff about the movie that was not so great so yeah, yeah. it was interesting uh but the um yeah so I mean, using that as the honest trailer for birds of prey you might as well just go into the segue about kathy yan um because since we do have pretty much this is an entertainment podcast today uh because there's not really books out and we just actually surprisingly have a good amount of news. So, um, Kathy Yan did a, a Q&A recently and uh, revealed kind of a lot of stuff about Birds of Prey, which was very interesting that might change people's minds or might not change people's minds. I don't really know how some people think about this thing. But uh, one of the biggest things that came out of it was saying that they had to fight for that black mask scene where he uh, rips that girl's dress off and goes really like crazy. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, we we kind of talked about a little bit, even after we saw it for the first time, we talked about how that scene in particular was so kind of out there compared to everything else when it comes to how dark the movie was. Now, of course, it, everything was rated R as far as the language, the violence, and everything else. But as far as like how like menacing and psychotic black mask could have been we didn't really see that until that moment and we both said that it could have very easily been the oh shit moment for black mask and for us to be like okay yeah this guy's a psycho you know he's yeah you know he's nobody to mess with and so i completely agree that like this i i could see how that could be something that kathy had to kind of push wb on and saying hey we need to keep it here. We need to keep it here. Because it. Uh, she does go to explain that, like, the the scene with Black Mask himself, with, uh, 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 oh my god, I forgot uh, his actual... Uh, Ewan McGregor? Not, no, 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 the actual character name. Sionis. Yeah, Sionis. That, like, after he does all this... Uh, freaking Black Canary has a very emotional response to it. And so that m kind of motivates her to to acknowledge the fact that, okay, yeah, like I am on the wrong side of things mm -hmm. and I need to, you know, help out, help out the police and, you know, try to get this kid, you know, safe and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. So I completely understand why they wanted it to be there. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I see, like, it's unfortunate because I'm actually questioning myself right now because does she call that shit? Does she call Montoya after that happens? Because, no, like, she calls before. Yeah, she which makes before. no sense. Well, she calls before, but she texts uh, Renee, mm -hmm. like, on the way to the car. 
-hmm. And then Renee Montoya says, okay, I'll be there. And that's when Zaz sees the text in the car and says, oh, pull over. I need to take a piss. And that's when he calls uh, Black Mask to tell him, oh, you know, she's double crossing you. Yeah. You should, you know, should I kill her? You know, all this stuff. So, it it does and it doesn't work, really. It doesn't work because, like, she didn't really put up a fight not to help. You know what I mean? Like, she wasn't super loyal to the guy. Like, she just seemed kind of like, I have to be here. It was never like she's really in it to, like, help him. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, she did explain to Renee at her apartment that, like, the only reason why she's even doing it is because... You know, she's getting paid for it, basically, which is a really bad excuse because Mm -hmm. you can just find a job anywhere. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if a job pays good enough, you never know. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was really interesting because uh, freaking, I don't know, when it comes down to the movie, obviously, you know, we've talked about the movie's pacing was really weird, but Kathy Young was saying how like this is what such a, this supposed to be such a turning point for Black Canary's character and Black Mask character, it just, it, yeah, it definitely didn't hit very well. Um, and I could see why WB was like, well, the rest of this movie is not this dark, so why are we going to make this scene in there particularly? But, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting that she's actually, you know, that she had to fight for this, um, that particular scene. But I will say another one of the cool things that uh, came out of this interview um, that Kathy Young was doing with this Q&A was um, they asked her, like, what she would want to do if there was, like, another sequel or if she wanted to mess with another DC villain. And uh, and I quote, she said, she was like, I would love to see Poison Ivy. I would certainly love to see the relationship between Harley and Poison Ivy. Uh, that seems like a, a natural extension of Harley's story at this point and one the fans would welcome to would be welcome to be sure. Um, but uh, let's see, can the, let's see, but can a sequel happen that focuses on Harley is what the question was asked. Uh, I don't know. I think people aren't ready to let go of Harley quite just yet. You know, uh, Margot, I don't think is quite ready to let go of Harley either. So hopefully. So I think the plan was, which kind of fits in with the theory that we were going to get a Birds of Prey, then a Gotham City Sirens, then a Birds of Prey versus Gotham City Sirens, that we would have got Ivy in the next movie, which would have been interesting. But this movie barely made any profit um, in Hollywood standards. So uh, I don't know if we'd be getting another Kathy Yan made movie. Yeah, you know, I I can appreciate her wanting to put more characters that are really, really good with the Harley Quinn character. Um, it really does seem like they are wanting to push more towards, like we had seen rumors of a Harley Quinn trilogy. Yeah, that being like there, there was gonna be the uh, Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. Then there was gonna be the Harley Quinn Gotham City Sirens, and then it was gonna be Gotham City Sirens versus the Joker or whatever. Uh, it was supposed or, to be or, all. Of, it was supposed to be Gotham City Sirens versus Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. That's right. And then there was gonna be a Harley Quinn Joker thing before all that went up in flames. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, um, I can really appreciate that. I would love to see you know, Poison Ivy live action because we haven't seen it in so long. Mm-hmm. And I mean, no offense to Uma Thurman, but, you know, just with the type of filmmaking we have nowadays mm-hmm. and, you know, the makeup and CGI, I feel like they could really do Poison Ivy justice. But as far as like who yeah. I would want to play Poison Ivy, that's a hard one. That's an honest, hard 
Like, I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that would just be like, man, that she would make a great Poison Ivy. You know? I think they're going to go, I mean, seeing the way they do these castings lately, it's going to be a black actress. I just automatically feel like it's going to be that way. Um, Rihanna? Yeah, that's what everybody is saying, <laughs> which would be really stupid. Because Rihanna's not a good actress. Like I haven't know. seen her in the Oceans, what is it, Ocean 7? Yeah, I mean, she's just not... I mean, if you're going to go with something like that, I mean, I still think... And she might end up being Batgirl, but I think it should still be that one chick from... Uh, I always forget her name, Janelle Monet. Like, I think she she should oh, be Batgirl, yeah. if anything. But, I mean, she should be Poison Ivy. So, like... Um, that's what I just feel like they're gonna do. Uh, I would like them to do, um, I don't know, just something different. Not some, I just don't like, they, they did it with Birds of Prey and, you know, people are already sour on that. And so like, I hope that they don't just try to do the diversity. Like granted, I love the diversity thing. I love the WB's doing way more diversity than Marvel was all for the longest yeah. time. I appreciate that. But like, let's just go ahead and just focus on a movie right now, opposed to doing diversity. Like, do a fucking great, you know, cast, do a great like story, and let's focus on that. And then you can do whatever you want after that. You know what I mean? But especially coming out of this like whole coronavirus thing, you're gonna need a bunch of hits. And granted, 2021 looked like it was gonna be freaking solid. Like DC was gonna have like bangers with Batman, Suicide Squad, and freaking Black Adam. So it's like, yeah. and it would have probably been, you know, depending on when we get to see Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman would probably kick that off. So you might have four solid movies in a row. So people are going to forget about Birds of Prey pretty quickly, but you don't want to go make, you know, Birds of Prey 2 when you have four solid, hopefully four solid movies in a row, and then you get Birds of Prey 2, and then it's just another dud. Like, that's not what you want. So um, I hope that they just do like just cast somebody really good, like you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, but like, I also hope that they would learn from this Birds of Prey instead of saying, "Hey, Kathy, you can do whatever you want." I would say, "Hey, you can do whatever you want in this capacity." But I don't think Kathy Ann should get another. I don't think she get another chance. Honestly, you don't I, think, I think they should they, get, they will no. give her one? I don't think I don't think they should, um, and I don't think she will because it didn't it didn't. They didn't exceed expectations, and it's unfortunate, and this is just me being a realist. It's not me saying, like, she shouldn't get it. Like, it's not me saying that she doesn't deserve another one. It's just being realist. Like, I just don't think it's going to happen because, one, this movie didn't make a lot of money, and two, unfortunately, in today's society, women are scrutinized way more than men when it comes to shitty products. Because they're like, see, this is what happens when you give a freaking woman a directing job. Like, that's what, that's just the way Hollywood does it, which is really stupid and idiotic. Because you've seen yeah, plenty but, of but women truth, do great things. Like, look at what fucking Patty Jenkins did with Wonder Woman. And now everybody's like, oh my god! And she's just now finally getting a good paycheck. You know what I mean? With yeah, Wonder Woman for sure. too. So, I think, you know, as much as Jenkins broke down those walls, they're right back up. Because Kathy Ann didn't do a great job. You know what I mean? And that's no fault to her own. I would say this movie, one, coronavirus did affect it a little bit. I think had it stayed in theaters for a couple more weeks or whatever before, you know, everything started happening, I think it crosses the 2 million mark. And it did the 200 million mark, and it, it's not going to do that now, which is unfortunate because it's already out on DVD. But at the same time, the what hurt this movie so much was the marketing. The marketing hurt this movie so much. And I don't think Jan has anything to do with that. I think it's totally a separate, different team. 
And uh, it just, the I think they tried to go Suicide Squad style with this, with all the fancy colors and everything. And it worked for Suicide Squad, but Suicide Squad I mean, also they, had Will Smith in it. With, like the the fancy colors, they also went along with like the really big artists on the soundtrack. Like they tried to do a whole lot with this movie. Yeah. And but like you said, it just, it just didn't do it. It was bad. They, it's like, I don't know why. And I know this is an executive thing because you can go back and watch a, bu- a bunch of other directors that have been in Hollywood before. And they will tell you time and time again, it's not the director's fault when these things are happening. It's higher ups that are like, that's not going to work. We need to do this. And I read a book on like, how to pitch a movie in Hollywood because I'm so interested in these kind of things that they talk about how you can write a movie and a studio can buy it and it can get rewritten like 20 times because an executive wants their ideas in it because if the movie is successful, they could be like, that was my idea. You know that trailer fight scene? That was my idea. And that's all executives want out of Hollywood. They don't give a fuck about it being a great movie. They just want the credit for it being a good movie. Yeah. And that's a lot of executives. So they, you know, you have to be, you have to really knock stuff out of the park before you can start calling all the shots. You know what I mean? So it's unfortunate. And we saw it. We just talked about how Katyan had to fight for that freaking scene in, you know, Birds of Prey. So I, you know what? Like, I, I don't think she's going to get another shot. And I might have said it. I, I think I did say, like, I don't think she deserves one. And I, I'm clarifying it now. But realistically i don't think she's gonna get another one because through hollywood standards they're like no you don't deserve one and uh i hope i mean like i but then again at the same time i don't think because i do james gunn has said this and maybe again maybe this is whole like men versus women when it comes to this kind of stuff but james gunn says he does all the decisions when it comes to costuming like he approves stuff but of course he has like a costume designer that he works with and like they work together to pick the costumes and if Jan, I'm pretty sure she was involved in this, the costumes were kind of trash. Like, Harley's were fine, but everybody else's weren't. And yeah. so if if she was involved in that, I don't think she's good to do another story to bring in more characters. Because I don't want Ivy looking very, like, fashionably. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's supposed to be made of plants. Unless they're going to go with, the like, the freaking, you know, animated series where she's actually a human that just has powers. And that's a little bit different, but yeah. I feel like studios are going to go green with this character. So- I think I think they'll very much go with like the the reiteration of like you know when we uh, recently on your on your live stream mm-hmm. you know we were like making a yeah, poison ivy Sims. and we were like yeah. oh Arkham Knight Arkham Knight Arkham Knight yeah and so that's what most people even more of the you know, general audience fans of Batman know Poison Ivy as either the Arkham Knight video game yeah. or back in Batman Forever yeah, with Uma Thurman. The only way I can see her not being green is if they basically do what Tom King just did in Heroes in Crisis and have her die and then be reborn like she sprouts as a, out of a plant. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I can see happening, which would be kind of cool to tell that story. You know what I mean? Um, but even if they have it to where she dies and then she like regrows, like maybe she dies as a human and then she regrows like out of her casket or something, that might be kind of cool. And then she's like back to life or whatever. That might be interesting just to do it a little differently because Uma Thurman technically died and then came back yeah. with the powers. So 
in yeah. her in you know in her Batman movie. So yeah, I don't know. I just I would be interested to see like where they go if they do do a sequel and if they would recast because again, look also look let's look at it from a money perspective. David Ayer made seven hundred and fifty, I think plus million dollars. I think it's at least seven hundred plus million dollars with Suicide Squad, and he didn't get the sequel. And I know a lot of people were saying that he went he wanted to do Gotham City Sirens instead. But then look, freaking James Gunn came in and took the Suicide Squad sequel, and then Katyan came and did this, and he's on the wayside. If he can't even get a sequel, I don't think Katyan's gonna get one. Like James, that's true. Yeah, James Wan made a billion dollars. He's getting another one. Freaking Patty Jenkins made the first DC movie that was successful by box office standards. Don't kill me, Snyder fans. But that is like <laughs> by box office standards, she's the first one that was really successful because the budget wasn't overblown on Wonder Woman and they made a lot of profit. So like those are, you know, that was a and it was the first critically successful movie which had not been done in the DC universe. Um so I think that's very interesting DCEU universe, so I should say. And uh yeah, so like I think those are why those are the only two directors that you will see returning. Because if I'm not mistaken, well, David Sandberg is going to return eventually whenever this coronavirus stuff starts over. But all the other yeah, DC he is, movies he are, did he did sign up for Shazam too. Yeah, so we'll be that's supposed to be filming soon, but we don't know when. That's probably going to get pushed back a few months, but it's supposed to happen this year. So, um, yeah, so there's not a lot of directors that have or that are coming back. Granted, he did 300 plus or was it 400? I think it was about in the 300 million. It was 300. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's coming back, but that was also on a 70 million dollar budget. They're saying that this was like 96 million. Um, Yeah, it was it was it was like a 70 million dollar budget for Shazam. That was sandwiched between two of the biggest blockbusters. Oh, yeah. Of that year. And it still made three hundred million dollars, yeah. where Birds of Prey had no, no competition. So, yeah, I think all of that's going to be taken into consideration with Katyan. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they do want to do a second one. Honestly, I I don't think we get Birds of Prey two until we get uh Batgirl, and I think Batgirl's the one that puts this together. That's what I think happens. And I think they just they should just go Gotham City Sirens and give it to somebody else. Don't give it to Kathy Young. Give it to somebody else. And like I don't know how David Ayer would do with the Gotham City Sirens. Um, I don't know if he should get it. But um actually not honestly well, I don't know. Because I don't know what his original vision was. You know what I mean? Like that one we all know got destroyed in the editing room. Yeah, because like that was very different. Like I know people were like, "Well, the Snyder Cut had this and this." There's a lot of recoloring that happened when it came to those trailers that we've seen post and pre Snyder Cut. You know what I mean? But with David Ayer, he had full blown different trailers with footage that didn't even make it into the movies. So yes. like that's we we know that for a fact that that movie is extremely different uh, tone and everything. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I loved Fury when he made it. I thought that was great. Although that Netflix movie I liked, Bright, 
was really good when I really think about it. So I, I don't know how have to yet to see it. I have not seen it yet. Yeah, Bright, Bright I thought was cool, but when I reflected on it, I was like, yeah, maybe I'm wrong in the way I'm thinking about this. Because like, there was like big like hidden racial undertones and stuff like that in that movie. And so like a lot of people were like, well, this and that. And I mean, the lore seems really cool. Like It would be a really cool movie. Uh, but also, the writer of that movie is a shithead now, too. So, um, yeah, that, I guess that whole movie. David Ayer just can't catch a break, to be honest. <laughs> Fury was amazing, though. I, I think Fury was a fucking great movie. So, I know the dude can make a badass movie, but I just don't know what's been happening with his last two. Maybe he should just get out of the genre game and, uh, you know, do something else because the genres have not been good to him. But, uh, anyway, so yeah, that was uh, two of the biggest things that came out of the Q&A was uh, she would like to do Ivy. And uh, she had to fight for that scene. So that was very interesting. Uh, but sticking with uh, Suicide Squad, or I should say Harley Quinn, this is probably my favorite news that has come out of Suicide Squad uh, when it comes to, you know, James Gunn. Because somebody asked him on Twitter. James Gunn is very active on social media. I think everybody's pretty active on social media right now because of what, you know, everybody's staying home, not being able to go to work. Somebody asked uh, on Twitter... How would you describe your take on Harley Quinn? James Gunn says, Exploding Paul Dini-esque. CC Paul Dini. Also, that Easter egg guess was probably like 70% now that I think about it. Who's next? I don't know what the Easter egg guess is. I don't follow James Gunn on Twitter because I'm not so on Twitter what, anymore. What he was doing is he was actually doing a, uh, uh, a Guardians of the Galaxy uh rewatch or like quarantine party watch uh -huh. with uh, comicbook.com. Okay. So people were asking him about his stuff with Suicide Squad alongside the stuff with Guardians of the Galaxy. Ah, interesting. Yeah, so this makes me really happy because one, there's already been leaked photos and we talked about them here on the podcast that Harley Quinn is going to have red and black color tones which is what i've always wanted and which i think harley quinn should always be but granted i have no problem with what she looked like in birds of prey honestly i think that was fine i think it fit harley quinn really well um but i'm always going to appreciate the black and red harley quinn because it's the original and i think it's awesome and we saw that she was in a red dress and that she, you know, she was carrying a javelin so it's very interesting like what they were doing with her i'm like all right you know what that's that's better than you know some of the other stuff we've seen um, but if he's saying very Paul Dini-esque, like, I'm down with that. And I think there was, like, another quote. I mean, I don't have it anywhere, but I don't know if she's going to have... She's going to have a new costume. Like, that's apparently been asked to and been confirmed that she's going to have a different outfit from Birds of Prey. Uh, so I'm kind of hoping it's more of a, like, tactical jester outfit, like, you know, uh, a la Jim Lee did in su his Suicide Squad run. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. But if you're going to give me Paul Dini as Carly Quinn, I'm down with it. I'm so down with it because I think Paul Dini, like I said on the last podcast, is one of the best Batman writers that doesn't get a lot of recognition. And he is the creator of Harley Quinn. So if you're going to use the source material of the creator of a very famous character, how can you go wrong with that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. What do you, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I, I mean, when it comes to the source material, Paul Dini is, of course, the co-creator of Harley Quinn, like you just said. And so, for me, whenever people, whenever other creators 
that are using that kind of uh, IP or character, whatever you want to call it, if they go to the original source to you know tell their version, that's what I love. Because yeah. they truly care about how this character is going to be portrayed. Yeah. And that was one thing that we kind of got teased in the original Suicide Squad with that small little, like, like literally half a second scene with Jared Leto and Margot oh, Robbie yeah. dancing uh, with her in her jester outfit. And you see it again, like, when she's changing her clothes in the Suicide Squad. And then you see a little bit of a tease in Birds of Prey with you know her outfits yeah but i mean this being you know james gunn is a giant nerd if you don't if you haven't known that before he is a giant nerd he has talked about it before in the past he talked about it a lot when he was doing interviews for super he i mean he's just an overall large nerd yeah and he loves these you know ips and, you know, he, he even said, you know, whenever he made the choice to make Suicide Squad, it's because he had a very large run of the Suicide Squad that he's probably going to be using as source material for everybody else that's in this movie. Yeah. So I can appreciate him going to the source material like Paul Dini. Paul Dini uh, is somewhat in the news that we're going to be talking about today also uh, in yeah. another story. But he... He's such a good creator. Yeah. And for, sure. for 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 James to go to him and be like, "Hey, Harley Quinn is is your, you know, your 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 daughter, your 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 golden child whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I want to do this this and that." I would like to see what that conversation was like. Yeah. Like that's that's something that I would love to have in like the Blu-ray commentaries mm-hmm. is to bring in the creators of certain characters or, you know, certain stories that, you know, most of these directors and writers take from, you know, I would love to see the relationship that comic book creators have with the studios making these movies. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I mean, we are starting to see that a little bit with, you know, Scott Snyder's working on his independent thing. We have Tom King working on, you know, New God. So they're starting to finally bleed into you know, the industry, um, and, you know, hopefully we get to see more of it in the future. But, yeah, I would love to see Paul Dini definitely be there. And we saw Gail Simone go to the Birds of Prey. I don't know if she had any effect on that movie or any input, but she was there at the red carpet and stuff, so I think that's kind of cool. If I'm not mistaken, she was at the red carpet. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm totally down with this because, like, I've always loved Harley Quinn. I thought Harley Quinn has always been a great character. And you know what? I'm just kind of hoping that Margot Robbie is one of those people that's like, yeah, I'll play this character for years. Like, I don't care. So um, as long as she's able to, I guess, do cool things with it, you know what I mean? So um, I will say there was another bit of news that James Gunn threw out there that wasn't it's it's news, but it's kind of just like a kind of like a thinker is somebody asked him if he could say who has like some of the most screen time in suicide squad was kind of like the gist of the question and he says i can't say that because it might be a bit of a spoiler so he didn't like i guess because a lot of people think like it's going to be margot robbie is going to be a big like the biggest part of this but i also think it's going to be kind of idris alba because like he's like, probably i think the so second, he's probably the second biggest name in that 
that whole movie. Yeah. And um, I mean, granted, Idris Elba might be bigger than Margot Robbie. I don't know. She's. I think she's. Uh, had, she's had a lot of spotlight lately, but Idris Elba's been around for a while. So yeah. um, that's you know kind of whatever. I think she just actually gets roles that get offered to her, where Idris Elba gets shafted by not becoming Bond and all this other crap. Um, that is true. So also. I'll say that. But yeah, freaking. I think it's gonna you know center around Idris Elba and his kid. And, uh, you know, there have been uh, people throwing out the idea that he's Sportsmaster, which meaning his kid might be Cheshire or maybe Artemis, which would be kind of cool. But Man, what if Cheshire gets more screen time than everybody? That's that would why be it's nuts. a spoiler. That would be cool. Um, or what if spoilers the spoiler? That would be interesting because he could be Clue Master. Um, so, oh, yeah. yeah. So that would be interesting if he's doing a play on words. I don't think that's going to happen. But um, that would be interesting, too. Um, but you know what? Uh, somebody else threw out the idea, and I don't know how, if this character has a daughter or not, because I don't know much about them, but they threw out the idea that he's Vigilante, which a lot of people would know Vigilante from the Arrowverse. And so, like, I think that might be kind of interesting, because Vigilante is a guy that just goes around killing people because he used to be a copper or whatever his his uh, origin was. And so that might be interesting. And I think with a character like that, it's pretty obscure. So you could just throw in a daughter if you wanted to. And uh, I could see that. Yeah. So I think that might be kind of cool. And that might be pretty interesting to actually have. Because, like, I think if you do Sportsmaster, which that would be a great character to bring into the Suicide Squad, I just don't know if they're going to develop their daughters you know and everybody knows that i mean every comic book fan that has seen young justice knows about cheshire and artemis you know what i mean so that means everybody's yeah. like oh my god what are they gonna do are they gonna do teen titans blah, blah, blah. you know what i mean like i think that's what people are gonna go crazy about but more than likely i don't think the daughter is gonna be that involved in the movie i mean J gun could surprise me because he's really good with characters but i wouldn't be surprised if the daughter's kind of like deadshot's daughter was in the first suicide squad or, you know, kind of like how Cassandra Cain was in Birds of Prey. Meaningless. But at the same time, I feel like James Gunn, James Gunn's storytelling is just like the way Tom Taylor does his storytelling. Uh -huh. So he'll bring in a character and, and really have you emotionally attached to that character. Yeah. So I can totally see him bringing in the kid a little bit more than we would think just so we can get emotionally attached to them and then something happened to Idris Elba, you know? Yeah, that would be interesting. And then at that point, if you were going to make, like if it is a Cheshire um, and, you know, is it Cheshire, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. But, um, and then, yeah, and then Idris Elba dies. That would be interesting, you know? And she continues his legacy or something, but as a different character. Um, yeah. That would, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, James Gunn, although... I think we are going to have plenty of deaths. That's why we have so many cameos from other characters in this or other actors in this movie that are friends with James Gunn. But uh, and it's Suicide Squad. I think he wants to stay true to the source material, uh, which the original Suicide Squad people did die a lot. Um, but at the same time, James Gunn has been one person that says he doesn't like to just overuse death because it's meaningless. You know what I mean? Like if people yeah. die in his movies, he wants it to mean something. So, yeah, I mean, it's very plausible but I don't know if he's going to kill a big main character. I wouldn't be surprised if he offs John Cena, though. Because, why not? Um, I, I could see, because, I mean, 
we we do know that he is playing or i think we know that he is playing peacekeeper yeah and peacekeeper is not like a super important character yeah. to be completely honest and he never really has like come back to do anything like great mm-hmm. as far as comics are concerned so i could see john cena like dying yeah um he pretty much just died against the fiend in wwe at wrestlemania so uh, <laughs> he's getting he's getting pretty good at it um but because if you literally like i don't know if you follow john cena on instagram but if you go to his instagram page it's taken over by the fiend like it's crazy Oh, really yeah it was i'm surprised john cena allowed that to happen which is which granted shout out to john cena for actually still being in that into wrestling like to allow somebody to take over his instagram page that has a bunch of followers that are probably not wrestlers wrestling fans anymore and you know he's like letting them you know, social media is like a big thing when you're a superstar. You know what I mean? I wonder how many followers that just like dropped. I don't know. He was at 13.4 million the night of WrestleMania. So um, I don't know how different mm. it is. But anyways, um, yeah, I thought that was interesting and cool of Cena. But yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with this. Luckily, all the filming was done. So this isn't a movie that's really going to get delayed. And James Gunn has said that he can work on this from his house. So I think this is really cool that this movie should come out on time, you know, barring any craziness that keeps happening in the world. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where, where they go with this. Uh, but moving on to that is we actually have some Batman news, kind of. It's more of a confirmation <laughs> that I really want to talk about because we have said, or I have said, but you, I know you agree with this, that we don't consider anything official until it comes out of Matt Reeves' mouth. Or usually yes. a tweet. But this isn't going to be a tweet because this was in an interview. So he's definitely not going to do this. So he was talking about, um, I guess, his love for the Batman movies. And how he he says he didn't want to just have another Batman movie out there. He wanted to do something like Nolan and Tim Burton. He basically wanted to have something that added to that great, you know, um, what collection of movies. He loved what Matt, you know, he said he loved what Nolan did with Batman and how he brought like the realism to it and stuff like that. And he says he loved what Tim Burton did with, you know, the character. Cause he, he uses the word, what Tim Burton did was really singular. Uh, he talked about how he loved, you know, Oswald Cobblepot going down the river in the, you know, basket. Um, yeah. But he also said that he loved Catwoman, like Michelle's fight for Catwoman in that movie. And um, which is probably why he's bringing Catwoman to his. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he just, you can go read this interview for yourself if you want to check it out on batmannews.com, but, uh, yeah, he kind of just gushes over those movies, and the cool thing he says is, let's see, I'm trying to find the specific thing, but he basically says that we are dealing with a younger Batman that is not fully formed yet, so this is playing into that whole it's year two dynamic that people were talking about. He never said that this was year two or anything. This could literally be a year one story, but he's saying that he is dealing with a Batman that is still pretty raw, as some of the other actors were saying this movie was going to be, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought that was pretty interesting that Matt Reeves, has, you know, come out and said that we are pretty much dealing with a younger Batman, um, which I will say I'm I'm saying it now. There's going to be the death of Thomas and Martha. Oh, there yeah, there will be. Yeah, I, for sure. Because of how early he is trying to say that it is. Mm-hmm. I think that it's just another excuse to tell the origin 
of Batman, which, I mean, if it's told and shown really very well, I'm okay with it. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people are saying on Twitter that they're kind of tired of whenever Batman is, you know, in the hands of somebody new, Mm -hmm. they just want to retell that story. Yeah. I understand that everybody wants their version of the pearls falling. Yeah. That's, that's all they want. And, but for me, I kind of agree. I would like for somebody to take the reins and be like, okay, we're going to not leave off where the other person left off, Mm -hmm. but we are going to tell a singular story that is with a, just established Batman, you know? Yeah, I will say that I think if I had the chance to do that, I would do it too, though. But I wouldn't do it in a way where it's like, you're like, we're in, we're watching Zorro, then you go out to the alley, the guy shows up, you get the gunshot off. I would do it in a way to where Batman in his suit is revisiting it. Or he's going back to Crime Alley and leaving the roses. And he maybe see, remembers that's that. that's what I want to see. Like, that's what I want to see. Like, I would do something like been that. Pl- there's been plenty of comic book stories where Batman is in complete costume, leaving the roses there. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see, almost like they they did it in, I believe, Arkham City. Mm-hmm. There's a point where you go to Crime Alley, and it turns into a cutscene. I think it's like a riddle, and like, too. And he like looks up, and it is like the actual... like death of the wanes right in front of him yeah but it's like he is daydreaming about it yeah yeah that would, I would be, be cool okay way. with that yeah i would be okay with that but see but, here's the thing though i don't think you can just ignore the fact that they were murdered the reason being is that is one of the biggest things people have been bitching about when it comes to the new Spider-Man. That Uncle yeah, Ben I was literally is, about to say. Yeah, I was literally about Everybody to say. bitches about that. They're like, where's Uncle Ben? He's literally the reason why he becomes Spider-Man. Why don't they show hey, him? I will say this. I saw a video yesterday mm-hmm. that, uh, that was explaining. They were like, wait, we can have six Batman, two Incredible Hulks, four Supermen, mm-hmm. like... And all of like and I and he said and three Spider Men, but in all honesty, we've only seen Uncle Ben twice, and you say that's too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it 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 is true when you when you put it like that, it is very true. Yeah, but again, you also like, and it's unfortunate. Like, yes, everybody knows how Batman became Batman, but like we've talked about on this podcast a million times these are characters that were here before us and they're going to be here after us meaning there's always going to be a new generation of fans and those fans might not know how he became batman so you know as much as you can throw stuff and there's not an animated series on tv right now that i know of that you can just go watch so like you know kids can't grow up with this and they don't just know that stuff and i don't even know if they would really show an episode like that so um in today's society so i'm just very interested to see um you know this concept and i and i hope matt reeves kind of knows he's like yeah this has been done a million times so i have to do it in a unique way a la maybe he's daydreaming while he's in the bat suit etc or maybe the person that's fucking with his mind which we think is going to be riddler knows about crime alley and maybe does that which i would actually hate if riddler knew who he was already but um you know like that could be an option maybe they're playing around with it maybe he thinks he knows who batman is and batman outsmarts him somehow and you know 
he Robin shows up with his face on like they do in the other uh, movies and stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I thought that was really interesting. Just that we got a little bit of information about the Batman pretty much confirming the early thing. So I'm really hoping that suit gets destroyed and that car gets destroyed and we get a new outfit <laughs> and we get a new car. So really I hoping hope for Matt that. Matt Reeves destroys everything that he's making with yeah. this movie and brings in new stuff. Well, because just like, I think, I mean, I don't know because Reeves, I mean, he says it in this article. He like, he knows what Nolan did. He knows what Tim Burton did. So why would you try to make a realistic type Batman? You know what I mean? So like Nolan did it so well. Like, why would you try to do this again? So I can understand if he's like, you know what? I'm going to start off with the realistic type and then show this progression to this like newer Batman with this new suit and how he gets a new Batmobile. Like, because granted, Nolan was just like, I need a Batmobile. Here's this, you know, billion dollar tumbler thing that just goes through the street like crazy. You know what I mean? And Batman just bought it. Like, he's... I can appreciate that Reeves is trying hey, to as go... As long as he doesn't take the Tinian route and, like, every 15 oh, minutes of the a new movie, gadget. he's like, there's a new gadget and a new gadget yeah. and a new gadget and a new yeah. gadget. Oh, See, God, that would be but I would be pissed if we keep this suit until, like, the third movie and then he finally gets a new car and a new suit in the third movie. Like, I would hate that. Um, oh, that would that, yeah, that would be horrible. Because, like, granted, well, I I feel like it's very much something that could be possible because Matt Reeves at that point would be like, okay, fine, I'll give it to you, and yeah. then you know I won't have anything to do with the franchise after that. Yeah, which would be sucks. Like, I would, I mean, honestly, if I ever had the chance to direct a trilogy of Batman, they're like, do you want to do more? I'd be like, yes, bitch. Like, like <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I will do these for the till I die. Like, um. But, like, the biggest thing, though, is the one thing I really appreciated about Scott Snyder, I mean, uh, Zack Snyder, I always get them mixed up, was he gave us so many bat suits, like, in a short amount of time, which is yeah. why everybody says he just really wanted to make a Batman movie and not a Superman movie. Um, but, like, yeah, he did so much with the gadgets of Batman and, like, you know, suits and everything. I hope we get something like that. I've always wanted to see a bunch of bat suits like in the cave like experimental ones and just ones that are like old or whatever like i would just want to see iron that. man scene yeah pretty much because bat that is continuity i mean like it's happened before you know what i mean yeah for so sure. and like the cave is supposed to be like miles long like that's what a lot of people don't know they think it's just like a small little patch of cave no the cave is supposed to be like this enormous thing and that's why he's able to fit planes in there and come out of different areas well, yeah, and, and that's also like that's why he has like entrances to the Batcave in freaking Gotham so that way people can't be like oh he's heading straight towards Bruce Wayne's manor yeah for sure and like it's miles long and like if you read Scott Snyder's stuff with uh you know with the Joker and everything like that apparently there's like these little caverns that like are in the water and stuff and like Batman has has them closed off so nobody can get in so like there's it's insane like he knows like every inch of that freaking place so it's pretty cool but um yeah i'm just i'm excited to see what this is gonna happen we don't know when this is gonna come back i by now though i think had the coronavirus not happened we would have already seen the car in the street somewhere somebody would have posted pictures and i think we, we would have already seen the car and i think we would have already seen Catwoman. yeah exactly i think we would have seen Catwoman too um and we would have probably been covering catwoman this week to be honest 
because um, I don't know when yeah, that probably. 80th anniversary book was supposed to come out. But, uh, yeah, speaking of uh, comics, though, and then we're going to jump to, we have another bit of Titans news that we'll talk about here in a little bit. But since we are just mentioning comics real quick, uh, you want to talk about the Kevin Conroy news? Yeah, so I saw this on Twitter, ironically, because the news is actually about Instagram. Yeah. So this whole thing with the coronavirus, the really popular thing that a lot of celebrities are doing, of course, is they're reading children's books uh, through like Twitter Live, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, whatever. Mm -hmm. And the news is uh, a little fourth wall breaking. We're recording on Wednesday night tomorrow. Yeah, uh, they are doing a uh, Batman advent. The Adventures continues, which we did review last week, uh, or was it two weeks ago? I can't. No, remember. it was last week. It was last week. Yeah, last week, uh, the digital only comic written by Paul Dini, like we had talked about before. Kevin Conroy is going to be talking or is going to be reading that book on Instagram Live, which is really really awesome because majority of that book is the narration of batman yeah so he will be able to do all of his voice and then of course he'll probably break out of character to talk with like lex Luthor's voice and all of that stuff but to hear kevin conroy talk batman will be kind of cool yeah and that that comic reads exactly like an animated series. So, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty awesome. And granted, I know some people will be listening to this like days after that's already happened. I'm pretty sure they will have a link to where you can listen to it because not everybody's going to be able to catch that on Instagram Live. So I'm kind of hoping they'll put the video somewhere. Yeah, um, if anything, I think that it would be the smartest thing for DC to post it on like their YouTube channel. Yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. And also, Instagram does have this feature... To where you can put st stuff from your story as a highlight. So I'm pretty sure they'll oh, highlight right. it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you can actually just go back to Instagram and watch it later. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be kind of cool because I think that it will be for those of you who are listening to this later and you want to try to find it. They said the Instagram live video will be on DC's actual Instagram account, not yeah. his own. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that um, happen um earlier they they did a story they're like check this out tomorrow at whatever i don't remember the time but yeah so definitely check that out because it'll pretty sure it will definitely be out while you guys are listening to this um so uh but from there we're gonna go to our titans news and that is some news about batgirl clay you can take that away yeah so you know there was rumors you know i feel like there was you know whenever it comes to titans news I feel like we take these rumors like really to heart because of how much they've brought the DC universe to life. Yeah. So, you know, there was rumors of like, oh, Superman's going to appear in the second season. Unfortunately, it was just his name. You know, nothing, you know, super concrete on that. But it has been confirmed that in season three, Barbara Gordon will be in season three. Now, I believe that it is going to be Oracle. Yeah, I believe because everything that has been posted has been using the Oracle uh, photos from comics. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm OK with this. I would really love for them to do some footage with her in the Batgirl suit, though. And, you know, I would really love for there to be, you know, footage of her in the Batgirl suit, you know, because every single season, every season. Uh, and I know that's only two seasons, but every season has had flashback scenes. So I would really love for them to have Oracle probably tell the Titans the story 
of how she became Oracle and probably relive that whole flashback in her maybe, you know, showing a scene of her as Batgirl, then going home and then getting shot by the Joker. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and if that was the case, they would need to, you know, hire somebody to put Joker, you know, and the Joker was in season one at the very end, right? Mm-hmm. Or season. Yeah. Well, it was technically like a mind thing, but yeah, he was there. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the actual like actor or whatever, you never really got to see him. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they will do that as far as, you know, this whole, if they show Oracle, you know, how she became Oracle. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be what majority of comics do nowadays. Whenever they retell that story, mm-hmm. they put the Joker in silhouette and all you can see is the hand reaching out. I think that shot cinematically would look awesome. Yeah. I think it'll be like the purple glove and the, you know, revolver yeah. um, shooting her. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it'd be very interesting to see. Uh, she's supposed to be on episode one. I think they confirmed that. Oh, snap. Yeah, like she's in episode one. So uh, we'll get to see her very quickly. I'm very surprised there hasn't been a leak of who's playing her. Have they ca- casted her yet? They have not casted her yet. Yeah. I know there is a lot of people that are uh, doing fan casts and all these different things. Um the uh i i can never remember her name and i think she's way too old to be playing barbara mm-hmm. but uh the one that you want to be recasted as mira and aquaman a lot of people want her to be oracle oh freaking uh you know i uh, i'm forgetting her name right now too damn it but khaleesi from from game of thrones they want her yeah really there's like a, that's an odd like fan cor- cast yeah it it really is but there's a corner of the internet that just like are hardcore fans of that actress and are just like Emily she Clark needs to be in every show and every movie ever created. And it's just she's like, a really great down. actress. Um, yeah, her name's Emily Clark, if I'm not mistaken. Um, That's right, Emily Clark. But yep. I, Jane Levy, is supposed to be should be Batgirl. To oh be yeah, yeah, that was that was what we had talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jane Levy should definitely be Batgirl. She was in Castle, which is that horror movie or that horror show on Hulu. Um, yeah. And she's Castle been in Rock. some other stuff. Yeah, Castle Rock. There you go. And uh, yeah, I think she would be a great Batgirl. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see who they pick for that. Uh, but, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's Well, I'm, I, just, I'm just ready to see that it's not going to be a natural redhead. And then all the oh, redhead yeah. communities going out and like wanting to burn the studio, you know, down for not casting a natural redhead. Mm-hmm. I asked my wife because she's a natural redhead. Mm-hmm. I asked her if it bothers her that when people are casted from like retellings of a story from a book or a comic or whatever, if if they're not a natural redhead, does it really bother her? Mm-hmm. She doesn't seem to mind. But I mean, I guess she's not really a fan of those things. Yeah. But I, I don't think that it like a lot of that stuff really matters if the actor or actress is really worth it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess they would at least dye the hair and don't go the wig route like they did with Amber Heard because that was yeah. really orange and really red. Um, so granted, I I didn't really mind the way it looked. But uh, yeah, I think maybe they just actually dye the person's hair. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd be very interesting to see where they're going to go with this. And um, 
I'm always excited to see Batgirl. I want to see Batgirl on the big screen, um, but I'll take her on the little screen. Although we probably are just going to get those flashbacks. But I wonder if they will keep her as Oracle the whole time, which I think they will because they want Batgirl to be on the big screen first. Um, yeah, probably. And then I wonder if she'll just eventually like get you know the chip implanted in her spine and finally join the team, like maybe in season four or five. If we if they get season four or five, which I think they will because of HBO, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be very interesting to see uh, where we go uh, from there. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Like especially if we get in season one, if I wonder if that's gonna get delayed now. Should, uh, I that... think it very much will because I know that Doom Patrol was filming. Yeah, uh, and it has been filming for a while. Um, and I think there was some small delays with that overall. I think that they have been really waiting until there was a clear shot for a release date for HBO Max, and then they were going to say, okay, now you can start filming all your shows type of thing. Yeah. But now that this you know pandemic has happened, has pushed everything back as far as the entertainment business, who knows, you know? Yeah, I'm really interested to see what like HBO Max is going to open up with. Like, you got to have shows. I wonder if they're waiting for Game of Thrones. Like they're like, we're just gonna throw Game of Thrones on there, but you uh, think so? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely gonna have like the playback is gonna be on there or something like that, because um, they're basically getting rid of what is it HBO now or Go? Like one of those turns into one, right? One of those turns into HBO uh, Max. I believe it's HBO now turns into. I get it free HBO no matter Max. what, apparently. Um, so because I have Go, which is why I'm trying to switch to <laughs> AT and T as fast yeah. as I can. But um, so it's just like, all right, cool. But uh, yeah, so um, that's all the news we have for entertainment stuff. Now, we don't have any comics this week just because we felt like we actually had a lot of news we could talk about and cover in this. So we're just going to talk about our thoughts real quick on the Harley Quinn review for this uh, season one episode or season two, episode one of the new season, which this show just ended and it's already back with season two, which I think is really cool. Yeah, um, I think it was only maybe a month hiatus, maybe only three weeks. Yeah. So I wonder if that was always the plan. Was there like, we're going to make, you know, 18, you know, whatever. I don't know how many. Actually, it's probably way more than 18. Like what? The first season was no, what, like the, 13? Yeah, it was 13. And this season's only going to be 13. So traditionally, mm-hmm. whenever it comes to regular cartoons, uh, the cutoff for a season is 26 oh, okay. episodes. So, so that matches up perfectly. So they probably just made a whole story. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we're going to cut this off because we are a streaming service. We aren't hindered by needing to have this thing syndicated. So we are going to move it to only 13 episodes for each yeah. you know, season. So yeah. I, I think that makes the most sense mm-hmm. uh, because we've talked about how long seasons are just overdrawn and they have those freaking filler episodes that are so boring and dumb yeah for sure you know with a streaming service like this it gives you that ability to you know kind of make your own rules Mm -hmm. yeah and so i actually saw this episode today i had started it when it came out on last friday but i just didn't have time to watch it so i finished watching it today and this wasn't as funny as the other ones were but this was definitely like supposed to be more story driven in this first episode because we had a lot of unanswered questions with the finale we didn't know where batman was is the joker dead or alive what's happening to the city because the city was basically in no man's land and it's that's basically what the episode starts off with 
saying that the government's like declared Gotham like no man's land basically and saying that they're it's no longer part of the United States which it, it made me think of that like if Gotham saves itself and like brings it back to normal can they just be like nah bitches we're not part of the United States anymore like y'all gotta start trading with us and doing all this stuff you can't come here like what would happen with that like I don't ever see that, that. would be nuts yeah like the first thing that happens is isn't it the president that's just like oh by the way Gotham is gone beyond repair. Yeah. Uh, F you guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if it comes back to being, like, a happy-go-lucky place, like, you're a part of the United States, be like, nah, bitch. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> like, we are our own country. Gotham is its own country now. Um, knowing America, they would just go to war and, and destroy us all. And Gotham come back. is what every Texan wants to be. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Texans have this weird thing about wanting to be their own country again. It's so weird um but you know that's why they buy all the guns all the guns we want martial law martial law keep corona away um (laughs) we just happen to know a few people like that so this is it's a joke but at the same time it's also reality um unfortunately yeah but anyways freaking uh i enjoyed this episode i like the story that it was being told um in this and, you know, there was a couple of laughs, but I, I genuinely just enjoyed the story because so much happened. Uh, well, before, like, all the story stuff happens, you know, in the very beginning, we actually get Bud and Lou. Yeah. Were they not that in the, was, They were not in there at all, were they? In the no, first? they were not in the first season at all. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't even really pay attention to that. I was like, oh, cool, the hyenas. Um, yeah, they just throw up there uh, eating actual food and everybody else was getting crap. Uh, which I thought was hilarious. Um, so yeah, so like Gotham is in shambles and Harley thinks everybody should just be their own like boss and nobody should have like, nobody should have goons or anything like that, which she technically has goons, um, which I think is hilarious. But, um, yeah, she's, so everybody starts doing this thing where they're like, you know, Riddler's goons start trying to be the Riddler and Two-Face's guys start trying to be the Two-Face. And, like, it's just very interesting. So they end up coming with this pact, like the main guys that are now Freeze, Penguin, Riddler, uh, who else am I missing? Two-Face and Bane, um, yeah, I think, yeah. are all of them. And they want to divide up the city. And since Harley did this, it's causing problems for them. So they invite her and she gets to take over, like, a little island. And she's like, you know, fuck you guys. Like, I want it to be like crazy you know what i mean like i don't care about any of this like dividing territory or whatever and she gets encased in ice and uh by mr freeze which i don't think mr freeze showed up at all in the first season right like he's new no this was his debut yeah so that was kind of cool and so she gets encased in ice and then we find out uh, of course like clayface and everybody tries to break her out and we find out that two months have passed before she gets broken out and everything is back to like the whole world is divided or all of Gotham is divided um, because the goons have fallen back in line over these two months. Um, the one thing I will say I did really uh, like about this story or the one not like, but the one thing I'm very curious about is do you think this, this series is going to go on for a long time because they have no problem with killing people. Yeah. That was one thing that like was kind of that I felt was, like really hilarious when it happens. Yeah. But it it does, you know, pull up the question like, you know, the the one huge hero or not hero, villain, sorry, uh that died last season, mm-hmm. Joker killed freaking Scarecrow. Yeah. And so like, holy crap, like I can understand 
you know, big moments like that, killing large characters, dramatic effect or whatever. Mm -hmm. But in the long run, does this mean that somebody takes up the mantle of Scarecrow later on? Yeah, this is definitely a Sean Murphy problem. Yeah. So, like, you know, he's just killing everybody in White Knight. Now he's who's going to do in Volume 3? Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was very interesting. So, at the end of this episode, Harley Quinn, we assume, kills Penguin. He, she stabs him right through the head. And, like, he's, like, bleeding out everywhere. So, I'm assuming he dies. They don't really show. I don't, because I'm not missing anything, right? Like, he just gets stabbed through the head. But he's, like, yeah. bleeding out, it looks like. So, he could, by comic book standards survive oh no no no! so what ends up happening with him is she freaking like stabs him mm-hmm. but then like sl- like stabs him through the j- like like where the base of the neck is well, yeah sorry where the neck and the in your head basically mm-hmm. like attach and it goes all the way through i think yeah but i feel and like then she uh, Doesn't she like take it out and like say, "Hey guys, y'all may want to look away. This is gonna get a lot bloodier," and like he basically his head explodes. Yeah, because I'm actually like, like having it played in the background. Yeah, yeah, like it it like sprays everywhere. Yeah. Oh no, it's the bat that because I thought it was the uh, the his his umbrella. Mm-hmm. No, it's the broken bat. Yeah, that thing goes straight through his head. Yeah, like I think he is dead. Penguin is dead. Yeah, so it'd be very interesting to see what they do with this. You know what I mean? Like. Because no Scarecrow, no Penguin. Like, Joker, obviously, I think he's going to come back. Um, but, yeah, it was just very, like, I was like, holy crap. Like, that's two big characters killed in two episodes. Um, yeah. So, like, yeah, I don't know. And But at the end of it, she finds out that everything's been divided into territories. And, you know, she's, um, she's like, oh, crap, I should have took over this city when I had the chance. So now it seems like this season is going to be her going after the other heads of Gotham, which yeah. I think could be really cool. Um, and then, of course, we get the cliffhanger at the end. Well, one thing that happened throughout this whole thing is Gotham PD is pretty much done. Two-Face goes into the like remaining Gotham PD and shoots him in the dicks. And then um, he literally does that. I'm not making that up. But uh, he shoots him in the dicks, and he's like, who else wants to get shot in their fun bits or whatever? And everybody bails on Gordon. And Gordon does something, which I'm so glad they did this, is because movies always have, like, this weird standoff. They're like, I'm going to go, but I'm going to come back. And they, like, let him get out or whatever. But Gordon was like, fuck this. He's like, ah, and he just ran at them and started shooting. And they were like, oh, shit. And they all got out of the way. And he ran outside the door and he was like, I'll be back. And he like takes off. <laughs> like, that's exactly what somebody should do if somebody's going crazy, you know? Like, if you're going to get killed no yeah. matter what, you just start blasting, like, whatever. And they dove out well, of the like way. The, the one thing that we did, like, we kind of brushed over or whatever is during this chaos, because at, at the finale of season one, it was Joker versus Harley versus Batman, really. And now, with Gotham going to shit, the only reason why it's going to shit right now is because there's no Batman. Yeah. And kind of early on in the episode, Gordon is with the bat signal, and he's like, you know, hopefully this works, hopefully this works. And then he sees Batman, like, Mm -hmm. on top of the building, and Batman comes down, and it's freaking Damien. Yeah. In the bat suit. (laughs) It was great. Yeah, and he's like, I'm Batman. 
And like, it was just so good. He's like, I'm ready to take it over. And then Gordon just like throws his bottle at him. And he's like, ow. He was like, that was really hard plastic. And I'm like, oh, God. He was like, give me that back. There's still something in there. And so I I love that Gordon's a drunk in this show. Like, and I know, like, I know a lot of people will be like, what? But he's not like he is in all the other stuff. Granted, I've talked about how I love canon, how I think characters should be how they are written. But in shows like this, when they start off ridiculous, as long as they continue being ridiculous, I think yeah. it's fine. And um, long as that, I just care more about continuity of the characters. And uh, the interesting thing about this, though, is again. Also, when we're talking about like if this show is going to go on for a long time, we have found out. I mean, it happened at the end of the season. Joker knows who Bruce Wayne is, and like yeah. that's why he kills Scarecrow. But now we found out with the cliffhanger that Batman is unconscious, and they pulled him out of the rubble, and they just freaked out because when they took the bandages off, which I thought was really weird because the cowl wasn't on. Um, so you yeah. think they would have bandages his face up and then been like, "Oh shit!" Then. But they find out that it's Bruce Wayne, and the nurses are like, oh, crap, it's Bruce Wayne. So uh, people now know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. So I want to know, like, is that just going to, are they just going to blow it off at some point? Or or is this show not going to go on for a long time, and Batman's going to be just out there being known as Bruce Wayne? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm very interested to see where they're going to go with this show. It does seem like they're going to focus a little bit more on story this season which I think is really cool as long as you throw some jokes in there and have a really good story, which season one had a good story, but it seemed like it just, it focused a lot more on the comedy aspect. Yeah. Um, but this one seems like it's going to take a little bit more serious tone at, at moments, which I'm totally fine with. So um, yeah, one thing that uh, did happen with Gordon though, is he was like, we're going to make this a new GCPD at his house. Cause he's like sitting up at night trying to just like <laughs> really not be yeah. depressed. And he's all like, we're going to make this a new GCPD. I'm going to get my scuba gear because he throws his freaking badge in the ocean. He's like, I'm going to go get my scuba gear. I'm going to go get my badge. This will be the new GCPD. And Barbara, I can make you a deputy. And that's his wife. And she's all like, and then she goes, I want a divorce. I want a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was so great. And he's like, oh, and he just gets like super depressed again. But it made me remember that I believe Batgirl's supposed to be in this season. Oh, really? I think so. I want to say she's in one of the trailers. Oh, that would be awesome. So I think Batgirl's going to show up, but she's going to be like an energetic Batgirl. Like, yeah, woo, that was awesome. Like that oh, kind of God. stuff. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, just can, well, just Im- imagine the way that they have Damien acting. Yeah. And with Batgirl like that. Oh, God. Yeah. So I think that'll be really interesting to see, especially if Gordon's like, if she sees that he's trying to be a better cop, you know, and then she's like, I'm going to go out there and do something like that'll be kind of cool. Um, so I'm interested to see that. And then, of course, we're supposed to get Catwoman at some point. And for those people that don't know already, they are going with the black version of Catwoman, which we saw, which I'm very confused because I've never seen Batman 66 before. But I know there was a white Catwoman, but at some point there was a black Catwoman or was that a different movie? Like, I, I'm always confused. I believe I I honestly think there was a total of three uh Catwomen mm-hmm. in Batman sixty six. Oh, in that era? There's three three actors that played Cat Catwoman. Interesting. And uh two were white and then one was black. Um so, and I, only I remember think the it, one in the black suit with the long hair, the brunette. I don't yeah. remember anybody else. 
But I've seen the photos of the black Catwoman, which was a lot of people were saying that's why, you know, freaking what's his name went with that because uh, Reeves went with uh, Zoe because oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, of the photo he showed of Catwoman in that like um, 66 era, you know, museum or whatever. Yeah. So because that was the owner of the yeah uh, black actress that had that suit. Yeah. Because yeah, they had different suits, mm-hmm, too, for sure. Um, so yeah, I thought that was interesting, but yeah, black cat, I mean, but the voice actress is black, which is why I think they went that route. Um, so yeah, we'll be seeing that, which I think is kind of cool, but doesn't she have like some background in something? I forgot. Like, I feel like she's done something before. I could be wrong. I haven't done too much background on the actual voice actress for Catwoman yet. So So I'll um, have to do that later. Yeah. So that'll be very interesting because we know that there has been a relationship between Batman and Catwoman before. Um, I hope they stick with the stealthy version of Catwoman with this, with like the, you know, being robbers and stuff, because I have read Elseworld stuff before with Catwoman being black and she's usually been like a prostitute. So we know Frank Miller did that. And it's true. Yeah. Frank Miller's done the prostitute thing with Catwoman. And there's this story called Batman nine lives, which was an Elseworld story but Batman was trying to be like a detective and stuff. I think Dick Grayson was a detective, but everybody kind of like slept with Selena Kyle and she was this black like hooker in that story. So I hope they don't keep that in there. Um, and I hope it's just Catwoman being Catwoman, which would be really awesome. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was a Harley Quinn's review. I mean, I think it's going to be a really exciting season. I think that's something we can cover on the podcast going forward um, because we don't got anything else. So that is you will be uh, we'll try to bring you guys a story next next week. Uh, we definitely were kind of deciding on what we wanted to do. I know you said you were trying to start something. Yeah, I just read the first issue of Grant Morrison's Batman mm-hmm. uh, 655, I believe. What happens in it? Like just a quick uh, rundown. That one uh, was basically uh, Bruce is starting to learn that he is more Batman than any is Bruce. And so Alfred is saying like, Hey, you need to relearn how to be Bruce again. Mm. And there's this really weird, like opening scene where Joker is like, hi, I finally killed Batman. And I did it in front of all these disabled kids. And he's like laughing it off. And then Batman pulls a gun. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa, what the heck is this about? And then you see Batman, like you see the real Batman come up behind him and like, uh, punch the crap out of uh freaking joker but Mm -hmm. after the uh the guy actually shot joker oh really so yeah and it looked like he shot him square in the face i'm not sure if he did or not Mm -hmm. because then batman takes a drooped over joker in his arms and throws him in the trash Uh like in a dumpster like (laughs) batman literally just tosses him in the dumpster and later on, you realize that Gordon is uh, freaking like in the hospital because of Joker gas. But Batman goes to see him. Uh-huh. They explain that the person that was in the bat suit that had the gun was actually a retired cop that wanted to take justice uh-huh. into his own hands. And now, basically, all of the supervillains in Gotham are all in Arkham. So there's not oh, really okay. anything for Batman to do. So basically, Alfred is going to retrain Batman how to be Bruce. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. 
Yeah, I haven't. I've read a lot of his run. I don't think I've ever read it from start to finish. So there's definitely some issues um, that I haven't read, and I probably haven't read that. Because I've read, like, Batman Rest in Peace. I've read, like, um, I read, uh, what was it? one of the first ones he did? It's not Black Mirror, because that's, um, that's Snyder, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I don't know. I have, one of, I have one of his other books that's really interesting, too. But yeah, Grant Morrison, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is the longest-running Batman writer um, on the title. And, uh, yeah, he did some good stuff. He's also, I think, one of those writers that has written Batman so long, which, you know, the Nolan thing gets so overplayed with, you know, you either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain, which I think that happens with Batman writers that, you know, they're so popular, then they eventually become like, "Mm, you're not putting out the best stories anymore. So, and I think that's what happened with Morrison because I personally, this is my own personal opinion, and it actually, surprisingly, the absolute came out this week was Absolute Arkham Asylum. I think that story is kind of trash. So, uh, but people rave about it. They're like, oh my God, it's so good. But I think the reason why people rave about it is for some reason in that story, which it doesn't really make sense to me, but that stupid, super sane theory a lot of people reference that book. For, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I hate that Super Saiyan theory. It's so stupid that, the oh, the Joker's so crazy that he's actually Super Saiyan. Like, he's just, uh, that he's able to see, like, you know, he, he breaks continuity, basically, which I think is so stupid. Um, so, yeah, I think Arkham Asylum is just not a great book. Um, but you know what? I think every great Batman writer has those books. So maybe you're not a great Batman writer until you have a crappy Batman book. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all I got, man. Do you want to pimp out your... I know you're uh, doing a lot of other podcast stuff, so... Okay, no, I wanted to say, like, uh, yeah, that's pretty... I mean, hold on, let me redo that. I was like... Uh, but yeah, man, that's pretty much all we got. So I know uh, I don't really have anything else to say, but we've already covered everything we need to do. But I know you're covering a lot of stuff on your podcast. So do you want to pimp out that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram and on Anchor and Twitter. Uh, Fanboy Comics Podcast. Um, me and my wife kind of sat down. She, of course, is a business major. And so she, with this whole quarantine thing, has not really been able to go out because all her her classes are online. And so she's like, you know what? I want you to treat your podcast almost like a business. And so she's teaching me all these things, telling me how to do uh, more social media stuff. Uh, So go find me on the Anchor app or you can anywhere you can actually listen to podcasts, that being Apple, Spotify, whatever you would like. Uh, Go check me out. Uh, I am on a rotating schedule with three books from both Marvel and DC, always rotating. And then I'm also jumping into mangas, uh, doing uh, My Hero Academia along with Dragon Ball Super, really enjoying those. Uh, And I also have the Comic Book Legion podcast with Mark every single week as well. So, yeah, that's really all I got. Awesome, man. So that's what that's what we got for you guys this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, this thing's this train's going to keep on rolling. Uh, but yeah, as always, ladies and gentlemen, I am Juice Wayne. He is Fanboy Clay. And remember, Batman is awesome. See you guys next time. Batman! News Weekly!